Welcome to The Movie Brew, a podcast about British film and filmmakers. My name is Tarek Kawaja. Today on the podcast, we'll be looking at the 2007 cult classic second film in the Cornetto trilogy from Edgar Wright, Hot Fuzz. Um, We had so much fun talking about this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, And we uh, had a lot of fun doing some research and finding some great things to talk about in this episode. Um, So yeah, so without further ado, we're going to jump straight into it. Um, Here's Hot Fuzz. Lester. Hello. We're back here. And we're here. That was my Joe Rogan impression. And see, yeah. <laughs> we just did the best scene. Just acting Nailed away. It. Nailed it. Real <laughs> acting, real life. Real acting, real life. Um, so today, this is the movie brew. We're back again and we're doing one of my favorite movies by one of my favorite directors. And one that I shockingly have never seen before. And one that I was super excited for you to see <laughs> that we can talk about it on this podcast. Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, so this movie is about, it came out until like 2007, um, yeah. I think. So, um, directed by Edgar Wright, second, second, uh, official feature. He made, well, he made one unofficial feature, but like before Shaun of the Dead. And that was a fistful of, um, not a fistful of dollars, a fistful of fingers, I think. And it was like this kind of like spaghetti Western type uh super low budget movie and stuff was it like a piss take or was it yeah like... yeah I, oh, I still cool. need to i still need to see it. i've been super excited they're, they're re-releasing it this year and i is it um... like a, a full length yeah 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 oh, it's we should first like a, yeah it's like Let's first official movie and yeah. i really really, really we should like do an episode it. on that that'd be fun that'd be super good <laughs> um so yeah uh second official movie after Shaun of the dead uh-huh. uh coming back written by um simon Pegg and uh edgar wright himself about a uh, metropolitan, a metropolitan uh, police officer who mm-hmm. gets sent away to the uh, outskirts of Sanford, uh, a small village town, to essentially, um, because he's too good. He's too good at his yeah, job. Yeah, he's making their numbers look bad. And he's they? making their numbers look yeah. bad. So he's, uh, he's sent away to, uh, to kind of, uh, kind of just, just get sent away to, to this small village town and, and to, to kind of, See what's going on in village life. Oh, the, the but, hustle and bustle of yes. Gloucester. Yeah. But little does he know that this village has a dark secret. Sure does. And we're going to get into that and we're going to find it, find out. But I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. I'm uh, a huge fan of Edgar Wright. Possibly one of my favorite uh, British directors around and working today. I think he's one of the most original and creative directors definitely the most creative director working in comedy today yeah he has um, some real impact with stuff he does oh it's yeah really good yeah this uh, there's, there's so much stuff that i want to talk about with this but um before we do any of that yeah let's um get into what people think about this film yeah so um i thought it would be funny because it's got a 91 percent and an 89 percent on rotten tomatoes i thought it'd be funny to find the worst reviews i could find so I've compiled a few of them here. Um, I'd like the your... hate mail. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start with the shorter ones. I think that might be. I'll go from shortest to longest, and then to the one that I just think is really funny. Um, and you, uh, I'd like your input. 
All right. Uh, see if you agree with these uh, these these guys. These as professionals. a huge Edgar Wright fan, I'm sure I will. So uh, these are these are all on Rotten Tomatoes. This one's by Christopher B. It says this was okay. Some comedic value. Two stars. <laughs> That's great. Like, Some comedic value. It's like he's kind of accepted that, like, yeah, it's a good film, but he's like, we're still giving you fucking two stars. <laughs> he does <laughs> not want to give it anything. He's, yeah, I think he's really trying to be a harsh critic right there. <laughs> uh, okay, next one by Jack F. Hot Fuzz. Edgar Wright's lame attempt at laugh a minute gags and laughs. That said laugh twice in that sentence. Fast paced and boring. <laughs> what? Hot Fuzz is a hot mess. One star. Isn't fast-paced and boring an oxymoron? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's an oxymoron. Yeah, laugh a minute, gags and laughs. Yeah. It's, uh, I can agree with that. It's laugh a minute with those gags and laughs. <laughs> yeah. They have. Yeah. Do you think he had uh, possibly an upset stomach when he was watching this movie and then all those laugh a minute gags were just getting to him? Is that what he was referencing when he said hot mess? <laughs> His stomach. I think possibly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's possible. Uh, next one. By Joey S. Fucking Brits. 92 though. For real? For real? Not my cup of tea. Two stars. 92? I, I think he's referencing uh, what the percentage rating is at the oh, top right. of Rotten yeah, Tomatoes for that. So he's yeah. like, what? 92? For this film? Yeah. Not my cup of tea. And I just got that one because it's got the word tea in it. Yeah, I, I think just that's thought that was great. nice. Uh, okay, I've got two more. Two more. All right, and then we can get into some serious stuff. No, 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 this is great. Let's Uh, just keep doing this. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just find some more. (laughs) Uh, This one's by Andrew F. Andrew, spell A-N-D-R-W-U. Yeah. What? what? Yeah, I haven't seen that before. That's a new one on me. And woo. And row. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. This movie is not funny, is very boring, and the plot is not interesting. Obviously, Peg and Frost give good performances, and I could tell they were trying to save the movie and make it better, but they just couldn't. This is a very disappointing middle for the Cornetto trilogy. One star. So, like, this person, he knows it's the Cornetto trilogy, which means he must be somewhat of a fan, right? Yeah. Because that's kind of a, yeah. you know, I mean, I know, I know, like, a lot of people know it now, but, like, back then, a few years ago. He's aware, a, he's aware of, at least he's... He's aware of their work, He's right? aware of Edgar Wright's movies, yeah. And yeah, and the two the two excerpts from this. This movie is not funny, it's very boring, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, Peg and Frost give good performances. How are they? What? Excuse me? Yeah. Um, yeah, that one's just silly. And <laughs> so that was one star. I don't know if I said that. Uh, last one. Jessica L. Spelt normally. Uh, the letter L? Yeah, it's spelt <laughs> E-double-L. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, definitely didn't expect it, but this movie is so ridiculous, it's hilarious. Simon Pegg is a great actor. His facial expression within the context of the situation cracks me up. Plus, the whole mystery-themed plot is my type of movie. Rating? Want to see it? (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. She's clearly fucking watched it. Yeah, I thought I'd save that one to last because that oh, is a gem. So good. Absolute gem. So, Rating. No, all the spoilers. Want to see it? <laughs> that's so, so yeah, good. That was my hard work in the Rotten Tomato mine. I working in that mine. I, I love the internet, and I so particularly I. Love, I love overreactions. The film, film internet. 
Film Twitter, oh, yeah. Yeah. Film Rotten Tomatoes. Well, just... fi- film and video game are, are just gems. The overreaction of the internet towards pop culture is fucking fascinating. It's the best. And it's just so great to to watch. That <laughs> was just that was just wonderful. Yeah. You're um <laughs> want to see it. Um now, okay, so I wanna I've got I've seen this film. This is now my sixth time watching this movie. Yeah. Um I've seen I've seen it a few times, and I think it's one of those films that you can essentially put on whenever. I mean, yeah, definitely. We were going to do this podcast uh, a, a little while ago, but then we had some schedule conflicts and stuff. So I'd watched it in preparation for that before we'd done it. And then that was like a, a week or so ago. And I watched it again now. It feels like I'm watching it all over again. And it's amazing. That's like good. I'm so experiencing it's... all the jokes again, the whole thing. I absolutely adore this film and i love the way edgar wright makes movies do you so with you watching it six times already do you find yourself still kind of noticing little things you hadn't in previous views totally and uh, that's the, the sign of a good film there is um there is there is a sense that there's always something there's this is one of those films where it's so quotable yeah and it's, there's so many stuff there's so much stuff that's going on it Oftentimes, you won't hit, you'll pick up on something the next time around because you missed it the first time from laughing so hard at yeah, something. Yeah. And then you're like, it's either a line or a look or something. And there was some, a lot of stuff in doing the research for this podcast that I picked up on that I'd never picked up on before for the whole six times that I'd seen it. Oh, wow. Things that I'd, I didn't even know about until, um, until doing the research for this. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think it's like that with any great movie, any yeah. movie that you really, really love. I find the um the ones in the Cornetto trilogy, yeah. um they all have really good like foreshadowing. Oh yeah, things they all they all kind of like put in little bits here and there, and you just you think nothing of it. It gets to the end, you're like, oh okay, that's what they were doing. Yeah, I yeah, see, yeah. I see what's going on. The Cornetto trilogy, we should probably explain for the listeners that may no, not know it, no. but <laughs> they all know it. <laughs> Everybody does. Now, um, uh, so the Edgar Wright's unofficial trilogy of movies before, um. He went off to make big old Hollywood films. Um, So starts off with Shaun of the Dead. First official movie, as Mm -hmm. I was saying. Hot Fuzz and World's End. All connected. Completely different worlds played by different characters. Same, similar actors though. Starring, you know, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and all of them. But um, they all involve some sort of gag, including a Cornetto. Yeah, they're always eating a Cornetto at some point. Yeah, so that's why. At least once. Yeah. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I just I love this film. I feel like Cornetto should give him some money, right? Like, I think they because it made me got, want one. They definitely got <laughs> some sort of like sponsorships or some sort of um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those um, well, it worked. Yeah, those those green adverts. <laughs> Summerfield you got so many. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, many, yeah. Uh, so many sort of uh, brand advertising throughout yeah. this movie for well, I, <laughs> classic quintessential British British things. Summerfield is such a perfect like supermarket for a small town oh, as yeah, well. Totally. <laughs> it's, it's ideal. Totally. It's exactly the one you would have. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the only Summerfield I've been in is like Hayward Seas or somewhere. But yeah, I only see it near a field. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's part of their branding or but it's in their company policy. Yeah, yeah. It has to be near be a field. set yeah. amount of if you can't smell cow shit, you're not in a summer field. <laughs> <laughs> too too far away. Yeah. Um. Okay. Right. So, um, things about the production that I can talk about. Yeah. First of all, um, written as I said, written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright them, uh, themselves. They actually in the making of this movie 
um, they were started writing it in their offices in London and uh, got too distracted with the, like a bunch of stuff. So they decided to hire a little cottage out themselves in South Wales and put themselves away in the writing and like breakdown and writing of the script of this movie. Oh, nice. And just kind of stayed in a cottage, beating this movie out and just kind of getting it out. Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and just kind of brainstorming all these different ideas. Um, and there's a video on YouTube. I'm not sure if it was to do with, um, the kind of special features to do with the film. Um, of literally uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg going through a flip chart of all of their writing ideas oh, wow. behind the the film and all of these things that they um, ideas that they had things that didn't make it into the script and things that they ideas that they had that they like to talk about. Uh, so with that, I want to get into a little bit about um, the stuff behind the scenes of the movie. Yeah, and the writing yeah, definitely. Of it. Uh, so I've got a few things. The first of being that um so like you were talking about this film is full of setups and payoffs yeah it is the definition in cinematic form in my opinion (laughs) of setup and payoff and setup and payoffs i'll start by saying um there is this kind of old screenwriting technique by these um kind of Screenwriting gurus, they they they've been called or call themselves uh, Robert McKee and Sid Field, and they talk about prom- the promise of the premise and setting up your premise as early as possible. They use this analogy of the film Chinatown and how early on in the film Chinatown, um, Jake Giddies is uh, talking to someone and they say you can't you can't get away with murder without being rich in this town, and that becomes. Throughout the course of the film, getting away with the merger uh, and being rich, the uh, kind of um, while being rich is the kind of premise of that movie and the yeah. kind of theme statement that it's talking about. Similarly, in this film, they use the idea of you can't just make someone disappear as being the main okay, cinematic right. sort of yeah, yeah. theme yeah, statement of that they set up at the start. He and says that when they're sending him off to Glossy, he's like, you can't just make me disappear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. There's all, there's all stuff like that. Um, there's loads of stuff that I wrote down. Uh, that, like, like you was every character that's uh, that at the start uh, that is going to be like a major character throughout, mm. or is um, possibly interesting or of note is set up within the first fifteen minutes of the film. Yeah, like every single character, everyone that you see, and in fact, most of the village is full of these characters. Whether they're bad or not, there's not many extras, and it kind of makes it feel like a bit of a ghost town. Like there's the only people yeah, that you, you have are the antagonists. Yeah. Or, and it know. also kind of adds to that thing of like a little village when everyone knows each other kind of thing. You exactly. Know? Um, so, yeah. So um, there's a there's a there's a sense that you get throughout the movie as you're watching this that we're just getting to the kind of tip of the iceberg type mm. thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, they actually had um, a couple of examples uh, that they showed in this flip chart of people that had been previously kind of um, uh, taken apart in these mad accidents and how these accidents always happen in the village type thing. Mm. Um, So I'm just going to read out one of them that's already in the film is Ben Fletcher fell on his own pitchfork. Oh Um, yeah, they they mentioned that. 
There's also uh, Gary Butcher uh, drowning in a septic tank. That was someone that, uh, someone that they had. Nasty way to go. A nasty way to go. <laughs> and um, my personal favorite, Ron Spencer getting his cravat caught in the mulcher. Well, I mean, that's what you get for wearing a cravat, I think. <laughs> you got that coming. Yeah. And there's, um, okay, so the idea for the specific bit where they're in the pub and the mum is uh, not the mum sorry the lady landlady landlady of the pub yeah is um saying that they got her age wrong yeah. in the paper comes from edgar wright's mum who got her age uh wrong in the paper <laughs> and it was only by a couple of years and kept yeah. bringing it up yeah that kept is such a up. like classic uh like mum thing that you would hear as i like if that happened to like yeah any like middle-aged woman in the they would just they bring it like every time they yeah. were down the pub they'd be like did i tell you about the time where i was in the paper and they she got did right? it to simon Pegg at the premiere of this movie <laughs> <laughs> she's like literally point proven <laughs> <laughs> um amazing yeah they just they they did a oh, they did a bunch of stuff um so that they described uh nicholas angel simon Pegg's character as right uh, spectacularly anal which I thought was a great description. Yeah, I've seen that description on other things as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just uh, it's it's um, it's amazing. Um, okay, so as a weird cinematic <laughs> nod for certain thing, for uh, as a weird cinematic nod to kind of action movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, Edgar Wright talks about in the scene uh, in the film Get Carter, starring Michael Caine. Um, he's seen in the first scene reading a book called uh, Farewell, My Lovely. Mm. And th uh, this film, when they're traveling from, when Nicholas Angel's traveling from the city of London to the uh, outskirts of the suburbs, they wanted to kind of have a nod to that. So they decided to have someone reading a book that of the film, of the, the book of which the film Get Carter is based on which is called Jack Returns Home. So I thought that was a weird yeah. film. They didn't actually ha end up having it in the film because it kind of ruined this kind of transition film that we're doing, which I'll talk about later. Okay. But um, but yeah, that's a cool little tidbit that was almost in the movie, but not. Very nice. Let's see. Oh yeah, here we go. The The Owls, right? So the NWA. Yeah. Otherwise known as the Neighborhood Watch Alliance. The Neighborhood with Attitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, their symbol is an owl. And owls are placed throughout the um, throughout the film. And I didn't know this before oh. I started doing the research of this. Are they like so, cameras or something? And, and it's kind of it's kind of a symbol of this kind of all, ever seeing eye, always yeah. watching everything. Um, and they're in the hotel, the Amdram uh, bar. And it's kind of a symbol of kind of anxiety and stuff. Um, it's stuff like that that makes me want to rewatch films. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I didn't pick up on that. Now I'm going to be like, I'm going to watch this. And I'm just wearing find, owls. I'm going to count all the owls I can. And also, when I read that and I watched the film again today, yeah. I realized that the head of the neighborhood watch lights kind of looks like an owl. Now, I'm not sure if that's he a casting, yeah. casting choice, but for the way with the big eyes and the kind of the, the big little, glasses yeah. that he's wearing and stuff. Yeah. Kind of looks like an owl. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's kind of like my production -y sort of stuff that i've got in uh in here well i should probably talk about the fucking star-studded cast we've got oh my in god this everyone movie. in it is hilarious. everyone who is anyone 
in yeah. a like British cinema is in this movie. Yeah. Um, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, starring in it, obviously. You've got Olivia Coleman, who won yeah. an uh, who won an Oscar this year, uh, doing you know doing a, a bit part uh, yeah. <laughs> as part of the part of the force. Well, she's like Sam- the kind of cliched. Uh, I mean, they kind of they kind of do like the how you'd have in an action film, like the kind of sexed up person. She's just there, just making double entendres. <laughs> yeah, like she's just there. It's the only thing she ever says is a double entendre. Yeah, I love it. I it's think really it's funny. great because it's also the kind of thing that in a typical like kind of. 90s and 80s action movie which is very much a nod to um That's someone someone for. would be <laughs> like i also think that in those films someone would be saying those lines to a woman and it's kind yeah, of quite interesting yeah, yeah. that she's cast as the woman ag- openly acknowledging all of those things when no one around her is kind of like saying, no one's yeah no one's like setting her up yeah she, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the exception of like one scene at the end no one around her is like asking yeah. for any of like the, these jokes or anything but she's just like just having fun with it and like one of the lads it. yeah one of the lads <laughs> it's just absolutely hilarious it's amazing um so yeah we got jim broadbent as the um yeah. as, uh, head you know chief inspector of this of this place another movie with jim broadbent in it i'm starting to think that we're just making a jim broadbent pod- podcast maybe we should <laughs> yeah this is but he's just great a in broadcast everything. A, oh <laughs> that <laughs> That was amazing. Well, we'll be doing that. I think (laughs) soon to be coming to our podcasting network, the broadcast. Yeah. Join us next week with Jim. (laughs) (laughs) He's coming. (laughs) Every week. He's not. Don't get excited. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get on those interviews. Um, Yes. So, yeah. So we've we've got him. I mean, we've got got Martin Freeman. You've got Martin Freeman. Bill Nye. You've got um, uh, Stephen... Uh, Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. You've got so so many people. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, Bill everyone, Bailey. Sorry, every, I'm just remembering them. No, of course. <laughs> but everyone in this film is just bringing their A game. Like, yeah, like yeah. no one is doing, no one is doing like just kind of phoning it in to the point where a character who you never see her face, Janine, <laughs> is cast by the one and only Kate Blanchett. Is in this movie. She's in it for like what a minute scene. One scene, and she's got a uh, like. And uh, you know, you only. She's a forensic kind of yeah, CSI got, like, person. Safety mask thing on, and you and... never see more than just her eyes. Yeah, uh, under goggles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And um, oh yeah, something I can't move move on without mentioning is that right at the start, um, when they're kind of doing all the setup about Nicholas Angel's character, um, there is a point where he's kind of telling. Telling, they're kind of setting the scene about what this character is, what yeah. he's done, what his commendations are, and kind of in that classic sort of like, you know, everything that he's run into and like he's been in the field, he's suffered some wounds, some stuff, man. Uh, he gets uh, stabbed in the hand by a man dressed as Santa Claus, <laughs> a drunken man dressed as Santa Claus. That man is Peter Jackson, <laughs> director of the Lord of the Ring trilogy. Um, yeah. I, I just thought that's amazing. That it's is, just so good. It's just everyone's in it. Everyone's in this movie, and I love it so much. Um, so yeah, so just star-studded cast. Everyone's yeah. just great. Got so much stuff in there, and I, I just think if by somehow you are one of the a few people like Lester who had not seen this movie before, I think you should just seek it out, check it out before we get into any more of the story or techie stuff that we're about to say. Just in case you're wondering. Like first takes, 
Yeah. I loved it. Thought it was great. Check it out. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, definitely check it out. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely go and watch it and then come and listen to this because there is a a big old twist and stuff like that. And we're gonna talk about it. So yeah. Don't spoil it for yourself. Go and watch it and then come back and listen to us. Yes. And then rate us. And then rate us on Apple Uh, iTunes. All in all, good fun. (laughs) Good fun romp. And podcast over. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so, um, yeah. So I'm going to get into my... Get into some nerd business, my my friend. My nerd, my film nerd business. Yeah. Now, I'm going to start by saying if you want to check out, you know, my sources and things that I've uh, seen on this, there's extremely... Um, amazing uh, video series on YouTube called Every Frame of Painting, um, which is literally, well, for me, it was film school. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a breakdown of cinematic language, um, talking specifically about editing and um, and the form of cinematic storytelling. And every every episode, it's, it's finished now, but it, all the episodes are still up on YouTube. Um, and one of the episodes is specifically to do with visual, uh, with um, Edgar Wright and how he does visual comedy. And that, I think, is an extremely informative um, video that I think we can't not talk about Edgar Wright and not mention this um, this thing because it's so informative and extremely amazing. It's so well done as well. But one of the things that... I love the most about Edgar Wright is that he is just kind of like we were talking about Danny Boyle before in our last episode, but he is just a extremely no holds bars director. Oh yeah. Like yeah. he throws everything at the wall, but the answer, the answer isn't not kind of look at all the things that I want to show you. It's how can I make this funnier? That's the question. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't kind of take away from anything thing in the writing to do mm-hmm. that he he only adds to it it is this that. it is the theme and i feel like it's the question that's always going on in his head whenever yeah. he's making anything it's the the one thing that i can always think of is like whether it's a joke a gag or a, 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 a how can i make this funnier is the yeah. question that's always going on i mean take a scene that's talked about in this video um from you've got a character right in so many comedies especially american comedies you've got a character going from one city to the next how mm-hmm. do you do that you uh in an in an, any standard american comedy where it's kind of just shot as normal you'd send out a second unit to go film all the kind of traveling shots maybe yeah. you just throw in a few jo- drone shots of extremely Some popular landmarks yeah and um then you'd kind of film or film them going from kind of left to right to show a change in, change, uh, to show you know progress progression in direction and where they're going and you'd um, put an upbeat song in that so the audience don't get bored yeah. um making my way downtown yeah <laughs> well yeah exactly <laughs> like d- d- any 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 anything any of that. like that like, name any kind of um kind of comedy that's come out that's kind of a stand you stand in american comedies and that's how they film it how does yeah. edgar wright do it he edits this incredible transition between um, the city and the country. And it's all done in a space of about 10 seconds. And mm. it's possibly my favorite 10 seconds in the entire movie. And it's him going from um, the city and you get two. So for an example, you get two signs of two taxis, right? And the, they're clearly distinctive to show which one is in London and which one is part yeah, of the country. The black cab. 
you've got the um uh, the trains uh, going on there and it's all edited quite quickly and to keep gain attention you've also got a loud quiet gag or a quiet loud gag yeah where he falls asleep sleep at a train station and gets woken up by the like beating sound of a train going past you've got the uh, the kind of showing of the re- uh, the reception going down to show kind of the move away yeah. from civilization yeah um and it's all done in the space of 10 seconds it's great it's kind of like um how someone would shoot something in like a music video you yeah i mean like they, they're limited with their time so like okay i just gotta get to that point yeah and put the point across as effectively as possible and it really really works i think it's it's a re- it's actually a really good bit yeah you're, it's an absolutely totally kinetic right. way of filmmaking it's and very that's, good and yeah. that's the way i describe edgar wright is just absolutely kinetic in everything that he does mm. everything's moving everything's kind of um everything's always kind of going to, uh, to towards that point and i just ah oh, i love it so much um so yeah so those that that's that's one particular uh particular point in terms of his editing he loves quick cuts yeah he loves um he loves uh, all 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 of those uh, all of those things we were mentioning earlier my particular favorite things that he does in this movie uh, and in every movie that he does, he and that I think most comedy directors that are making movies today should also do dramatic lighting cues, right? To the point where someone in this film is he's what he get, walks into the pub once he's getting to Sanford, seeing all these underage drinkers, and he he's, excuse me gets an idea of what's <laughs> going on, yeah. and it's not just like a light bulb moment. There is a huge twenty k like light that's just shining in his face, and he's just almost <laughs> blinded by it as the idea comes to his head. Dramatic lighting cues, yeah, that needs to happen more. Like, yeah. um, exceptionally timed sound effects they are filled throughout this movie and that's the thing that i think he does the most in this to the point of whether it's a sign of whether it's a moment of timothy dalton's face as he's talk, talking about a one-liner and oh, this we're kind gonna of talk like, about timothy dalton a lot oh yeah <laughs> we're gonna talk about timothy dalton and just the perfectly timed sound effects whether it's yeah. that like kind of light bulb moment where you just get a cash register or something in the background yeah. or if it's like part of the gag, you know, like I, um, I, I'm thinking of the, uh, the kind of bin that everyone keeps throwing at someone's face. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's all part of it. And those like amazingly timed sound effects are the bread and butter of what this movie is, is all about. Um, my particular favorite Edgar Wright joke is also in this film. I'd like to point out, um things entering the frame in funny ways the um cake coming in when he's being told (laughs) after um he's found out that his partner danny um who he arrested the night before for being uh, very drunk for being uh yeah for driving under the influence realized he's a police officer uh and his punishment instead of you know staying staying locked up or you know processing legal action was that he had to buy the whole team a forest gatto (laughs) And uh, just <laughs> kind of pumps. Uh, that is justice. Yeah. <laughs> Pops into the frame. It's just like, no thanks. Yeah. Love it. Um, and leaving the frame in funny ways. Uh, fence gags. Edgar Wright loves them. Oh, I love yeah. them. Yeah. It's all part of it. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I, I think if you are a student of film, if you love editing, if you love transitions, if you love visual storytelling in um in this then i would i would suggest checking out 
checking out Edgar Wright's movies because you're going to learn so much just yeah. by watching it. Um, I'm sorry I keep fan, fangirling. I'm going to try and just tame it down no, <laughs> moving no, no, forward. No, it's good stuff. It's, but I'm... uh going. Yeah, but I'm just going to... I just absolutely love his, the way he directs. So I think it's yeah absolutely amazing. But that's what I've got for the techie stuff. Well, while, just quickly while we're on the subject, talking yeah. about entering frames in a funny way, Yeah, advanced cycling is my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> entering the frame in a funny way. Advanced, that's a good one. <laughs> advanced cycling and advanced driving. But just those nods, like you never see a car chase movie with like a Volvo or whatever they were yeah. doing it in as like the main big car or like, yeah. you know, a cycle. I just think that's just bicycle. It's just so good. Yeah. Like, it's oh. very, very British. Yeah. <laughs> if there is a de- if there is a film that ever just absolutely deserved to be in a quintessentially British like film podcast, it is this film. Yeah. Like Definitely. it, it takes no holds bars and it looks always for what is the most British thing yeah. that we can put in this movie or what's the most British way we can do this, you know? I thought, yeah. Yeah, I thought for, for me, um, usually uh, the kind of films that are like, you know, aimed to be, you know, quintessentially British and comedies and that kind of thing, a lot of the time, uh, just my personal taste, they just kind of miss the mark with me. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure why um, they just kind of do, but this one just absolutely nails it. Yeah, I was watching it going like, I know what they're doing and usually I don't go along with it, but I was laughing the whole way through. Yeah. It's really, really well done. And, and it's really good. Amazing that I think one of the reasons that I, I love this movie so much is because it bridges that gap for me Yeah, um, of between British films and Hollywood cinema. Like there are so many Yeah, maybe, nods. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what did it for me. Yeah. It probably is actually. Like, there's so many nods to american action movies that we all know and love and mm. that that i know so well and that i that i love that are just kind of shot for shot just like homaged or just like recreated in this film yeah and that are pointed out you know it's it goes it goes from while still being extremely british nodding to all of these amazing you know action movies that, yeah of the of the nineties era, and it, sort of it's kind of almost going like, imagine if this happened in real life. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of doing that, and just like, look how ridiculous this is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's great. He even does the when you're talking about the the bin that uh, keeps like right at the end. Uh, so like, I think it's like halfway through the film. Uh, Nick Frost character was a Danny, right? Yeah. Um, he's like looking at some DVDs in the in the local shop. Might be Summerfield. I don't know. Um. And he's looking at Jackie Chan's Super Cop. Yeah. And right at the end, Simon Pegg uh, does like a kicks the bin in the guy's face, which is exactly what happens in Jackie Chan's Super Cop. No way. <laughs> I think it's with a bucket or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, it's the same move. And I just I saw that. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was sold. Just all good. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just all the sort of stuff that's in this film. So um so let's 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 jump into just a couple of like story bits and things that we um things that we noticed and things that we liked throughout throughout it because it's not all action-packed starts off with a bit of a kind of murder mystery kind of cult type thing yeah on there uh so nicholas angel gets sent to that small town Mm -hmm. comes in and um he starts you know he starts kind of being his usual spectacularly anal self yeah and um, real, real jobs worth kind yeah. of thing and just kind of picking every picking everyone up at the, the that's doing all this underage drinking and stuff and 
Um, oh, did we talk about Bill Bailey being in this movie? I said Bill Bailey, but only briefly. There's but only yeah. there's not just one. There's two Bill Bailey. Two Bill Baileys. Yeah, I noticed yeah. you talk about that earlier when we were watching the film <laughs> together. Like his hands different. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that'll come into play. Um, but yeah, so he moves into the town. And they quickly notice that you know weird things start happening and people start getting into accidents. Yeah, and yeah. Is there more to it? Yeah, um, sure. There is. You said you mentioned we we're going to talk about Timothy Dalton, and I think now's the time. Yeah. So the the first time you see him, yeah, is my favorite thing, and I don't know why it tickled me so much. But Timothy Dalton saying "supermarché" <laughs> is just—I don't know why it was just the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard, and <laughs> I just cracked up <laughs> so much. <laughs> So good. I don't. It, I mean, it was obviously supposed to be funny, but I don't think it was supposed to warrant that kind of response from a yeah, human that yeah. I gave it. <laughs> yeah, so good. But just yeah, even thinking about it, it's hilarious. Yeah. I really, really liked it. It's so good. Caught me off guard, and he said supermarché, and I was like, "That's Timothy Dalton," and I don't know what's happening. Yep. <laughs> um, just the fact that a Bond like uh, a Bond actor yeah. is playing the head of a Summerfields uh, supermarket is just. Amazing, it's, yeah, excellent. It's and he he kind of hams it up like a Bond villain, yeah, as well, totally. which is really funny. Like behind his desk and yeah. all mustachioed, and yeah, and so does Jim Broadbent. To be fair, at the end yeah, he does, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, so there's 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 all of that stuff in there as well. Um, let's should we get into our, like our favorite scenes and stuff? Yeah, I've got um yeah like favorite scenes and references to other stuff and that kind of thing. I've yes. got I've got a fair few of those. Okay. Um do you want to you want to go first? Oh, uh, first of all, before we do that, I've mm. got a couple of um I've got a couple of things that I didn't mention in the techie stuff. How dare you. Bit. Um so so point many point crash zooms. In this movie, what's a crash zoom? A crash zoom is essentially uh, a zoom in with a camera that's extremely fast. Okay. Wes Anderson does that them a lot sense. to emphasize. It's kind of if a director was ever to write anything, it's uh, if you're interpreting uh, the film as text, it is an exclamation point. Yeah, okay. it is. It is. It is just starting yeah. at a point and just zooming in. Goes straight into Simon and Pegg's just, serious yeah. action face. Yeah, exactly. Which is hilarious. And Edgar Wright loves them. He yeah. does them for a joke. He does them when someone's putting on gear uh, um, <laughs> and it's just so many crash zooms all over this movie it's and kind I of like a cartoony thing yeah as well right exactly like it's, it's really fun and yeah it's oh I, I absolutely loved it and um yeah there's 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 something about that that i just think is just a massive just kind of exclamation point on just that sort of it does the cheesy action thing but it's while making a parody of it does an homage to kind of the what all those films are really about, and mm. I think it's great. Um, so yeah, that was I think that was just all I had, um, or I'd got for that one. So yeah, that's all. Take stuff over. Jumping mm. into favorite scenes. Very good. Um, standout moments. So you mentioned, uh, you you mentioned that you got some there. My favorite moment, uh, is the ant. Just I love the Andes. The Andy Detectives. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty great. So yeah. good. Um, the I love the particular particularly one of the actors, uh, with the big bushy mustache. Yeah. Um, and I think his name's Uncle Sam. I will get it 
Now we'll play later because I have forgotten. I'll look it up. Keep talking. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so there's so many scenes with them where they just have so many good one-liners and stuff, but a particularly good film, uh, scene with them, which harkens back to what I was saying about the sound effects is when they um, are at the fair. No, they're at the scene of the crime of a Tim Merchant, one of the uh, kind of um, minor characters throughout the film and one of the victims that falls to uh, this cult. At the crime scene for his death, they come in and they've kind of said a couple of said a couple of things about, you know, how this can't be part of a murder investigation. They're still questioning whether it's part of a murder yeah, investigation just or trying to just, brush a couple of, just a couple of accidents. And they come in and out of their frame with their heads kind of just coming in. That's and then great, just, yeah. The sound as they're moving their heads in and out is that classic law and order, just like boom, boom, <laughs> boom. It's just, oh, I love it. It's um, Paddy Con- Considine. That's it. If, Paddy uh, Considine. Just so you know. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's another like quick point on that. There's for, for someone like me who is pretty into memes, having never seen this film and then watching it and going, "Oh, that's a meme. Oh, that's a meme. Oh, this one's a meme." <laughs> like, <laughs> this like, film. I've seen so half quotable. this film in GIF form. Yeah, <laughs> this is so quotable. Um, <laughs> the drop kick, the drop kicking of a farmer's mum. Oh, that's um, great. Is uh was I think one of the first time I watched it, the moment where I just started laughing out, just laughing so hard that I was hurting. That is yeah. Just like really just, <laughs> just the way it's shot to make it look like ultra violent. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> um but like I like we're saying, like every single one of these jokes, they're not just put in just for the sake of it out of the ordinary, like and just kind of done like just for for a laugh and they'd seem a bit jarring if there was just there was just one bit where there was just a random kick to the farmer's mum's face but Edgar Wright's cleverer than that he sets all of this yeah, yeah. stuff up earlier yeah. on in the movie because they're tw- it's the two Andes again isn't it like yeah. right at the start they're like oh everyone's packing heat round here yeah. he's like oh no he goes everyone and their mums and he goes and uh, um, Nicholas Angel goes well who he goes farmers and their mums <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then that that's it at the end farmer's mum has a gun that's it and she gets dropped it's in the face speaking <laughs> of the references to other films mm. there is um a big uh, emphasis on particularly two films point break and oh, bad yeah. boys 2 um i know you've got some stuff you want to say about point break but i'm going to start with bad boys 2 yeah um aka the best bad boys arguably yeah i might be wrong i don't think it's arguable <laughs> It just is. I, th- I, I, l- I like to think so. But there is a particular point which I, I, th- I love is that when they're first getting into it, because Nicholas Angel hasn't seen many action movies, he's just uh, married to his job. Yeah, he's and just, just kind of tunnel vision on the job. Nothing yeah, else gets Nothing else. Never has, never, he never, never learns to switch off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing that they co- keeps coming back in the movie as well, is not knowing how to switch off. So um, Danny, played by Nick Frost, in this decides, you know, after a night at the pub, that they're gonna, he's gonna show him the ways of switching off, and he's gonna <laughs> do that with this kind of um, almost like sh- movie shrine that he's got in his in his yeah, closet, it's like a walk-in wardrobe of DVDs. Yeah, <laughs> pulls out Point Break, Bad Boys Two. Which one do you want to watch? It's like I'm not sure which one would you recommend. No, which one do you want to watch first? Yeah, <laughs> and like me and you have literally done that at your. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, you'll find when we were in uni and stuff. So it's just happened thought, multiple times. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> this one or this one first, and then it's like three in the morning. <laughs> so they fall asleep watching um watching Bad Boys Two, and they wake up just on this sort of Michael the classic Michael Bay shot where it kind of arcs around in a circle around all of the characters on yeah. a like tight lens, and it's kind of giving this parallax effect. So you've got um so you've got movement in the frame of the actors, kind of standing up they always it's always shot from low so it's always shot for to make the person that's being filmed look the most heroic mm. so the the camera usually spins around them in a big circle and it's all shot from um underneath underneath pointing upwards they're usually getting up and they've usually got a lot of kind of cities or buildings or things going on in the background yeah um that are being shown to give that multiple things are moving kind of parallax effect they show that bad boy scene in this film and then recreate it later when they're <laughs> in the third act and you know shit's kicking off the fan and they got the chain going and edgar wright just kind of does the same thing with the camera was <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great in their police outfits and stuff i'm pretty sure this film is single-handedly responsible for like a boost in police force and people signing up to really join the police i don't know i'd i'd someone can correct me on that if that's not true but i'd i'd i'm pretty i'd be quite surprised well not i wouldn't be surprised if if that were true a but. weird a weird part of me uh wants to move to stanford yeah. <laughs> is that weird <laughs> definitely not it looks like a fun place fun country life <laughs> yeah um so yeah so that so they i just think the fact that they recreate that and do all that stuff is, is amazing yeah it's really funny but i mean you love point break i do love point break the original one yeah it's one of your i mean the only one that got filmed i'm yeah i'm not i'm not talking about no i don't know what you're talking about not not extreme sports the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah although if it was called that maybe i'd give it a watch (laughs) (laughs) now what's this all about yeah totally um but yeah uh oh point breaks just really 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 good um and yes danny's like it's the other film he's obsessed with right yeah and again they get to recreate it near the end. Um, but in, it, it's the scene where uh, um, the, it, Keanu Reeves is it just realized who the bad guy is in it. And he's getting away and he just can't bring himself to shoot him to stop him. So he just fires up in the air screaming. And uh, the character Danny like references it a bunch in the film. And then it, at the end, he finally gets to do it. And it's kind of like, it's like a nod in story writing, but also in the character, it's like he definitely did that just like <laughs> yeah like he's he's been waiting his whole life just to do that and That's he finally it. gets the moment and it's around a tiny model village and it's just brilliant yeah it's so funny yeah um and it's the most uncool version of that, that yeah that could be because it's, <laughs> it's not so like good. him and like a big bad guy it's him and his dad that's like hobbling <laughs> away <laughs> into yeah, the trees hobbling through a field yeah. <laughs> i just think it's amazing yeah um <laughs> uh so there's that yeah there's so many nods and so much things like that but like what i was saying it's just set up and pay off the movie this is what this is it really is yeah you know yeah, yeah. Um, i want to be a big cop in a small town fuck off up the model village where's the third <laughs> act or like final scene set in the big model village it's amazing i've got um so i've got a few notes just kind of miscellaneous notes a couple of references cool that um i'm not sure if they were intentional or not but yeah so the first one 
um, the Romeo and Juliet production that they go and see. Yeah. From the they they catch the guy speeding and he Martin gives them, Blower and Eve Draper. Yeah, and he he gives them tickets uh, to like recompense kind of thing, and yep. they they basically get forced to go there, and they're watching it. They're sitting through just the worst rendition of Romeo and Juliet that you could think of. The sudden change to musical. Yeah, yeah, and what that reminded me of is Planet of the Apes musical from The Simpsons, <laughs> which is my favorite Simpsons scene in history how's that one go again I don't know. it's it's I, I mean i could sing the whole thing for you but it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's troy mcclaw yeah and he's the i mean the best thing about it is like before it even cuts that scene he gets a call from his agent and he goes like oh how do you feel about uh planet of the apes and troy mcclaw goes uh the planet or the movie <laughs> <laughs> and his agent goes the musical and then it cuts to it and yes oh it's just no, so good it's the best simpson scene i it's not ever going to be beaten for me i i could watch that a million times and i would laugh a million times yeah it's just it's just right up my street so that reminded me of that because that's just hilarious yeah um and the other one i got uh which is kind of like i was trying to find like left field ones because i'm sure that you know this is a very uh a very reviewed film anyway and i'm sure mm -hmm. everyone knows the regular references that are in it so i thought you know i, I don't want to be flogging a dead horse so um the hotel that he has to check into yeah at the start with the woman and you kind of he's in the lobby of it and it's just kind of eerie and weird yeah have you ever seen uh john carpenter's into the mouth of madness i have been recommended mm. into the mouth of madness and i do love john carpenter but um i have not got round to watching it yet i've been told it's amazing it's very cool. Um, it's it's just Lovecraft, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's Sam Neill. So that's also good. Um, but yeah, it's basically, it just reminded me so much of the hotel lobby in that film, uh, which I just thought was great. And like, I mean, he probably knew what he was doing, but I don't know if that's something that, that was supposed Word to be. Wordgarai is a huge horror fan. Yeah, exactly. As so I think like, he he probably knew probably, what he was doing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, exactly. Um, to know. Man, that's oh, we gotta watch that. Uh, I'd, I mean, I'd be quite happy yeah. to do it just to get together and just watch in the mouth of man. That'd be great. We'll do that. Do um, that. And okay, so a few more little, just silly miscellaneous notes I've got. Cool. Uh, whoever was doing the soundtrack, someone's a massive fan of the John Spencer Blues Explosion. Uh, that would be Edgar Wright himself. Oh, okay, because the... that's in. The, they get played in the film a lot, and I love that band. They're fucking um, great. So that's he, a great band if you ever want to listen to something something fun. Uh, so um, the, he is a massive fan of the John Spencer Blues. <laughs> okay, and makes sense. To the point where he uh, fun fun story. The most recent film that he made, Baby Driver. Yeah. Um, the whole film premise is based on a kid who has tinnitus who is an extremely proficient car getaway car driver. Mm -hmm. Um, that uh, can that essentially needs to listen to music to survive to live, and that whole film came about about a, a 10 11 years ago when um, Edgar Wright heard a John Spencer blues explosion song called uh, Bell Bottoms, yeah, and Bell Bottoms, yeah, <laughs> and thought this is just an amazing song for a car chase. And oh, just yeah. he, the entire first prologue of the film is set to that song, and it's a car chase to that song. 
excellent. So everything's in time with everything. As like as as like as a muso, as a fellow muso, you'll like love watching Baby Driver because that whole film is in time with every every yeah. beat of every song. Is it's like it is a musical in itself. Just the soundtrack is yeah. playlisted. It's one of, uh, for for me. That's one of those films where everyone's recommended it to me, and I just still haven't got around to watching it. Yeah, well, if you're a fan uh, of the John Spencer Blues version, yeah, it's a real sin that I haven't now. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta check out just for that scene. Yeah, yeah, I do need to watch that. I'll yeah. get on that straight away. Um, and there's there's like one of the turning points in the film where um he um. Nicholas Angel. I keep forgetting his name. I don't know why. We just watched the fucking film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, I think it's because it sounds like a Las Vegas magician. Well, <laughs> oh, no, really. <laughs> <laughs> Tara coming in with the facts. Go on. Um, no, I wasn't going to say anything <laughs> oh, to do with him uh, being a Las Vegas magician. I was just going to say the name of his character is quite funny because the last third act of the film is essentially him becoming like a you know nineties cliche action star yeah, yeah um they named that on the flip chart um simon uh, they called him avenging angel oh very good as like this kind of like archetype type of hero well, he's got person. like his like gun wings yeah <laughs> exactly he's got his gun wings strapped up he rides on a white horse oh shit when yeah, he's, he and it's all set up like when he's doing the run he's all in white yeah you know? it's like this beacon of <laughs> right Reading into things that maybe not there, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna get religious? Again? <laughs> um, and yeah, so there's there's the scene um where he finally sees one of the murders happening rather yeah. than after it's happened. Yeah, uh, to this woman who gets stabbed uh, with some gardening shears, and it's a big uh big like kind of chase scene type thing, and it's a real turning point in the film. And the note I wrote down was, "Is there anything more British than a garden center?" And I don't think there is. No. <laughs> It's a pretty British thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have them, you know, elsewhere. But if you go to one in Britain, it's it's very Britain. <laughs> I don't think there's anything more British than home base. Oh yeah, that's home base is a good one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a real nice, nice chain of uh, garden centres that you can go to on a Sunday and just kind of, you know, smell some pine and uh, walk around. If you want to sponsor us, home base, uh, yeah, give you... us a shout. Yeah, <laughs> home base in Summerfield. If you want to get, get in on this, get on this, um, and Cornetto actually. And I put so there's there's a, a nice obvious nod uh, where he is arresting Timothy Dalton's character, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, you haven't got any evidence on me." Blah blah blah. Um, oh yeah, you pointed out this that I hadn't. Well, I'm getting to that one, but oh, okay. like quickly first, that that's like a really good nod to like a Columbo style wrap up, oh, which yeah. I just really appreciated because Columbo's amazing. Mate, it's just really I love Columbo so much. <laughs> I know I shouldn't. No, I it's it. so great. Columbo is uh, amazing. My mum, my mum, my mum used to watch it all the time on TV, and um, just have it on there. And I just remember so just watching that small man with his tiny, yeah. tiny face and his big cigar, yeah, just like wrapping up everything. It's yeah. just oh, it's great. I just remember seeing it at my grandma's house. Then whenever it's on, I'm just like mm, warm fuzzy feelings. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so in that same scene, yeah. I got to explain to you what sock suspenders are. <laughs> I've, I've watched this film six times. I had no idea what was on his feet, what was on his ankles. I was like, what What are they? And I just went, <laughs> sock suspenders. Well, and like, yeah. oh, that's what they are. Or even, you know, my, my girlfriend Emily was, watch, was watching was Yeah, watching you were both like, oh. And we were just like, we had no idea what this was. And she was like, I thought we had a prosthetic like leg or a foot and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, like. 
No, oh. I'm I'm wearing some right now. Yeah. Yeah. To keep my socks up. No way. Yeah. <laughs> look, pulls them out on a phone. Yeah. Look, I mean, viewers won't be able to see, but they're right there. <laughs> Shit, they're right there. They're right there. They've got uh, rhinestones all over them, <laughs> and they're red leather. Yeah. Uh, it's for when I work on the weekends. Yeah, we'll put we'll put the photo of those up on the. Uh, we'll put. In, well, yeah, well, I'll have to buy them and put them on first. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll pop us. We'll <laughs> <laughs> um. But so yeah. yeah so that, well, those were my random notes, really. And yeah. and uh, every time someone dies, they say it's a nasty way to go, which is just really quotable. Nasty it's way so, to go. Nasty way to go. Everything. There's so much that's quotable in this. Film. Yeah. And we're darting. We're darting around a, a, a few of them, but also just don't want to. We did, we made a point that we did not want to be a quoting this movie podcast. Yeah, it's very yeah, much. Yeah. It's too easy to do. It's and too easy it, to do. It's not going to be fun for people to listen to us just redo jokes. That's yeah. just not good listening. I mean, we're not going to do it as well as they did it. So there's exactly. no point even yeah. going for it. Mind you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's oh, so much that I loved. Um, so that's kind of favorite scenes mm-hmm. things that we love doing things that we um that we loved watching about it oh didn't talk about one casting thing oh uh michael armstrong played by game of thrones most oh, famous oh yeah uh everyone's famous dog the hound yeah it took me like halfway through the film to realize it was him i was looking at him the whole time going i fucking know that guy yarp and then it yeah you do and then it clicked and my brain went yarp yeah and totally. yeah he is so I I think this might be one of his first appearances. Surely, right? Because it's not like a big part. No, it's but not then it also part. is kind of, but there's just he doesn't he only says like one word. So yeah. I just yeah. think that casting choice, amazing. It's really funny. Do you think that, you know, because technically if this was one of his first movies, this would be one of his first, you know, action scenes filmed on film. Yeah. Could this have been a definitive choice? in showing his reel for Game of Thrones, do you think? Oh, I would love that. I would love it. If, uh, well, because there's actually some David good... Benioff and David some Weisman. good, uh, some good action scenes with him anyway. Yeah. That's what I like about this film, because a lot of films that kind of... Um, I mean, not that there's a lot of them, but, like, you know, most of the time when they're, like, lampooning, like, oh, how silly are action films and that kind of thing, they, like, really ham it up to the point where it goes past being funny and just being, like, just dumb, right? But... In this one, it's we're it's, looking at you, Johnny English. Yes, we are. <laughs> it's um, it's always this film's always funny and always joking around. But the action films are filmed in a way that a proper action film would be filmed. So yeah. you're watching it going like it's actually a really good choreographed bit of action. Yeah, but it's funny, so yeah. it's it, it's engaging and it doesn't draw you away, and you're still aware that it's a that it's a comedy. It's not like switching between two things. But I found that really impressive because most films just kind of fuck it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when they're trying to do that and it's like, I don't know, they'll like really overham it and they'll do like some Batman like pow, zap, you know, like just yeah. sh- like dumb stuff. It's like you took it too far. Yeah. Just calm down. Um, It kind of like really gets it right in this film. Totally. I think one of the things that I was talking to someone about recently was that in, I feel like in filmmaking, you can feel when there's passion behind a project mm. and when you're watching something that someone uh really like loved the making of or kind of really cared about what they were sort of making and in a lot of those kind of kind of action scenes in film like that it's about how they do it and i feel like this film is seeping with passion like you can feel the you can feel the fun that they had making this film especially between simon pegg and nick frost like there's a couple of scenes where you can see they're genuinely making each other laugh 
and they're kind of you know they're they're not um they're not corpsing too much but there's it's in there and you go like these guys are really having some fun yeah and that's just really nice to see and it's 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 so good to just kind of just see that come through and yeah. in in the action scenes it's there as well you know they're they're doing homages to all of these um to all of these existing action movies and films that everyone knows about and um that really love but in a Quentin Tarantino kind of esque way it's redone and presented in a different way with a completely different spin on it yeah. because who would reset a film like that in in the in middle of nowhere sanford yeah and it's it's great love it it's uh ah <laughs> yeah. there you go done podcast done it's, it's yeah it's watch just, it. just really really good and yeah. uh yeah it's got over the top violence which is you know always engaging i'm always in the mood for i'm always <laughs> no way that, that sounded wrong. pretty weird that sounded wrong i'm always, I'm always in the mood i meant to say always down violence. for and then it sounded no i mean still not better but I'm always in the mood for it <laughs> <laughs> I think I should have been cast in this. Maybe, yeah. Is that one of the villains? Or I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. Okay. So, oh, we didn't talk about Adam Buxton at all. Oh, man. World famous po- podcaster Adam. Adam Buxton. It's just, it's so it's many people in this film. Yeah. You just keep, you, they keep popping in your head after. You're like, oh, yeah, he's in it. Oh, yeah, they're in Speaking it. Speaking of yeah. over the top violence, best death in the movie. Oh, it's the best one. Yeah, it just is. He turns into like the the pyramid head from from uh, Silent Hill. I just love the fact that he um he the the church kind of peak falls on his head, and then he still stumbles around like a zombie trying to find his footing before he tumbles down. Like you don't have a head. Yeah, just give up, dude. (laughs) It's great. It's so good. Um. So yeah. So that's that's that. I'll do it for favorite scenes. I could go on, yeah, but I, so. I, I just think it's it's so good. And if you um by chance have not seen this movie and have listened to us spoil it for you for the past <laughs> hour and forty and or forty minutes or whatever, then um go check it out. Yeah, definitely. go and watch it. It's good. You won't regret it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a bit of everything in there, right? I mean, like you you just said, Edgar Wright's a big horror fan, and that comes through with like all the cult stuff as well. Totally. Um, so actually, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that you referenced the Mountain of Madness, uh, yeah. the Mount into the Mouth of Madness. Sorry, that's the book. It's the mountain. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. All the the cult stuff. There's a lot of like Necronomicon kind of stuff going on, yeah. but it's all about winning the best town award. Was it best village award? Best village award. Best with the coveted prize mm-hmm. of uh, middle class rural. <laughs> yeah, it's it. This this film kind of. It's great because it's so silly, but it also kind of outlines um, that that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you've ever been to one of those towns, you'd be like, "Yeah, no, I I totally get it. Yeah, I totally understand." <laughs> yeah, taking a trip down Lewis, you've seen. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. You see all of them come through. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's 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 so great, and it's so amazing. What a great setting for the final third act of an action piece is in the middle of this, you know. The, best village award surveyors yeah. oh yeah there. yeah it's, it's all kind of... going down and there's the three uh people just sort of with their notepads and they're like what the <laughs> <laughs> so, <great. laughs> so that's like the whole point isn't it because they've won it like year after year this best yeah. village award and it turns out that the whole reason that people keep getting killed and there's a big conspiracy and it's this uh it's the neighborhood uh the neighborhood with attitude 
Yeah. Um, they've come in and you know they're taking people out for just stupid reasons, which yeah. I also love. Yeah. It's like, uh, because it, it it seems like they're doing it for like you know property based things and big money and all this kind of stuff. Chinatown. And it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chinatown. <laughs> but then and then it's not. They they get to explain themselves at the end, and it's like, oh well, the guy from the paper he kept making spelling mistakes. We can't have that in our village. That's terrible. We're not going to win the prize doing that. Martin Blower was just a terrible actor. It was like, just rubbish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His girlfriend had a terrible laugh. We can't be the best village and have a terrible actor. Yeah. Yeah. I How really like that. know that? that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they find out. <laughs> the committee knows. Do they have like a special showing just for the judges? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Of oh, the theater. Here's our just like, We're going to have to Academy. cancel that matinee. Yeah. Here's our Romeo and Juliet. I hate every chimp <laughs> I see. From chimpanzee to chimpanzee. <laughs> so great. Um... Yeah, Martin Blow. Uh, and then um uh George Bishop. Was that his name? I can't remember. The um uh property developer who had a terrible mm. house. Yeah, just his house was very ugly and didn't George fit with the, with the village. That's it, yeah. George yeah. Merchant. And uh the lady who is the runs the gardening center, the mm-hmm. she gets killed uh just because she was gonna move. So, and they were like, Well, she's actually great. Yeah. So no other village can have her because they might win. Yeah, like, like no one can have her if we can't. <laughs> I just thought that was a really funny um scene that, and you do like obviously it's so exaggerated, but you do see that kind of pride and that kind of yeah. pompousness in those kind of villages, and I yeah. just thought that was really really funny, really and spot I love, on. I love the fact that it's all based on the fact that um Jim Broadbent's wife, um late wife, who uh, previously was like the pit, the the beacon of the community, yeah. like the pillar of the community, like cared about the village so much and put so much work and effort into, you know, winning these things. Yeah. Uh, one day loses and then just drives herself off a, <laughs> off a river. Cause she yeah. can't deal with the pain of losing yeah. the best village award. Oh, they are the best village. You yeah. can't lose that award. Yeah. Exactly. It's a shame. So yeah. That's why the committee was set up. And I just thought that was like, oh, so it's just really, really funny. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. It's great. It's really great, and uh, I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> want to see plus plus plus. Um, cool. So that's favorite scenes. Let's give it our final thoughts. Yeah. And um, jump in with stuff there. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, have you got the 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 chart there? Let's get, uh, that, yeah. let's get that fellow up. I got um, it. So I thought it was very very funny film. Um, I think you know maybe some stuff won't scan with like an American audience, um, but I think on the whole, you, there's so many references to like Hollywood films and stuff. It's still very accessible anyway. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of perfect because there's a there's a bit of both in there. So like for every kind of British nod that you might not get, like Summerfield and that kind of thing, if yeah. you were like watching it in I don't know Texas or whatever. Yeah the the stupid like point break reenactment you would get and you'd find that hilarious so i I just think it's it's yeah it's great it's well written um it's actually got like for a comedy film it's got an intriguing story as well it's kind of a mystery thing so it does kind of i find a lot of comedy films halfway through they tend to just like drop the the whole thing like drop their story and then um just focus on gags and and uh 
you know, they just keep just like, okay, well, we've kind of set up the story. Let's just do joke after joke after joke. And then they kind of forget about the story. Yeah. This one doesn't do that. It's very focused and it has the jokes integrated with that, which is really good. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, actually. I'm, ah, here we go. Um, so I'm going to give this one a chai latte from Ooh. our, from our tea chart. It's 7.1. Yeah. Which I think is, I think that's fair. I, I found it very, very funny. Um, I really liked it. Um, and a chai latte is a cheeky treat with a bit of spice. Yeah. And like you said, it's a film, like you can just stick this on whenever. Yeah. It's one of those, like you, you can just like, it's always going to be enjoyable. You can just put it on like it's a rainy day or whatever. You're like, oh, what should I just, just put this on and yeah. watch it and enjoy. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I think it's no secret that I love this movie. Yeah. I've, I've I think said, I know what's coming. Uh, I've said it, uh, <laughs> I've said it a lot. I've said it a lot throughout and I, I've watched it quite a few times and it's not, it's not gotten old. Yeah. Ever, like every time I've seen it, I've found new stuff. I've really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna give um this one. Well, I just think that if you are interested in action movies, then you'll absolutely love this film. If you've you know you love Die Hard, you've seen Point Break, you 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 you'll you'll find things to enjoy, like you were saying with this movie. But I think the question of how can I make this funnier is constantly going on in Edgar Wright's head. And that elevates this movie for me. Yeah. Because where it doesn't doesn't cop out on anything. No. Um, and you can see that there's really been push to kind of really make those those jokes kind of soar and make it more creative. Mm. Um, he's an extremely original director and I'm a big fan of his. And I think that um, for me, I'm going to give this one uh, my first black tea. Ooh. Top notch. Wow. Makes you feel alive again. There it is. And Hot Fuzz certainly made me feel alive again. Top score. We should get like a little nine buzzer point, sound. 9.94. Yeah. Well, should get a little like. Or like boop. Or <laughs> maybe, maybe like a kettle whistle. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. If, if something gets a top score, it's like. Oh, like that's obviously not a whistle. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> it'll be you know underneath us doing this. That's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, if yeah. I find it. Yeah. It'll be um, great. Yeah. Black Tea. Yeah. No, it's a. Top it's a, notch. It's a very solid film. Very I, good absolutely um love this film and i think that if you haven't seen it you should definitely check it out because it's amazing for sure yeah yeah and i'd get right hit me up because i want to chat to you about movies yeah and also summerfield and home base hits up <laughs> yeah <it's> true <laughs> uh hello at the movie brew let's get those uh sponsorships on there yeah yeah um so you can follow us twitter and instagram we're at the movie brew yeah uh facebook we are facebook.com forward slash the movie brew uh, if you want to email us with some suggestions of what to watch or, you know, anything like that, what you thought, uh, we're hello at themoviebrew.com and website is www.themoviebrew.com. Cool. Uh, be sure to give us a, a rating on Apple iTunes. Um, that goes a really long way. It's, it's just the most effective way uh, to get us out there, really. You know, if you want to do us a solid, that would be excellent. Yes. Um, so next week we decided we're going to go and see a film out in the cinema. Yeah. I just pulled up the synopsis so I can give a little, a little taster of what's in store. Uh, it's called Wild Rose. Uh, it's a British film, obviously. And so here's the synopsis for it. Fresh out of prison, a Scottish woman juggles her job and two children while pursuing her dream of becoming a country music star. 
She soon gets her chance when she travels to Nashville, Tennessee, on a life-changing journey to discover her true voice. Yeah. So as uh, two people who really like films and also really like music, yeah. and I'm super into country music, yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna have plenty to talk about. Yeah, so uh, be sure to check that out next week. Yeah, uh, Wednesdays, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll catch you on next Wednesday for that one. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us and letting us know your feedback. If you got any suggestions for any movies that you want us to check out as yeah, well, let us know. Give us a shout out on that. Um, but with that said. Uh, check out Hot Fuzz check out Wild Rose because then you'll know what we're chatting about on next Wednesday yeah you can and tell us we're wrong about stuff yeah that'd be great yeah um, and <laughs> um, we'll catch you on the next episode of uh, The Movie Brew thanks guys have a good tea